Welcome to our podcast. I am Linda Messer. My husband Ron and I invite you to join us in our weekly broadcast of A New Voice of Freedom. Welcome to Season 4 of A New Voice of Freedom, written by Ronald Keith Messer. This podcast is part of a series we call Stories of the New Testament, an appendage to a series of books written under the banner In Defense of Christianity. Podcast 181 examines Matthew chapter 22, 1-14, through 14, part 2, The Wedding Guest. Last week, we talked of the wedding guest as it referred to the celestial kingdom, which is compared to the brightness of the sun by Paul. This week, I shall continue the theme as it refers to the other two kingdoms of heaven. The terrestrial kingdom is spoken of by Paul, which is compared to the brightness of the moon, and the lowest kingdom compared to the brightness of the stars. Let me again refer to 1 Corinthians 15. There are also celestial bodies and bodies terrestrial, but the glory of the celestial is one, and the glory of the terrestrial is another. There is one glory of the sun, and another glory of the moon, and another glory of the stars, for one star differeth from another star in glory. So also is the resurrection of the dead. It is sown in corruption, it is raised in incorruption, it is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory, it is sown in weakness, it is raised in power, it is sown a natural body, it is raised a spiritual body. In the kingdom of God, everything is governed by a complete set of laws. Each kingdom of heaven is governed by a completely different set of laws. We inherit a kingdom of glory according to the set of laws we choose to obey on earth. As illustrated by the parable of the ten virgins, only those who obeyed the laws of the celestial kingdom were allowed to take part in the wedding feast. Only those who take part in the wedding feast inherit the celestial kingdom. The door was closed on the other five virgins who did not have sufficient oil in their lamps. Those who rejected the Savior's invitation must enter a lesser kingdom, equal to the light they have in the resurrection. Let's first examine group two. The second kingdom, next to the celestial kingdom, which is compared to the glory of the sun, is called by Paul the terrestrial kingdom, compared to the glory of the moon. Those who reject the laws of the celestial kingdom, yet are honorable people of the earth, inherit the terrestrial kingdom. In Matthew 22 we read, And he sent forth his servants to call them that were bidden to the wedding, and they would not come. Again he sent forth other servants, saying, Tell them which are bidden, Behold, I have prepared my dinner, my oxen and my fatlings are killed, and all things are ready. Come unto the marriage. But they made light of it, and went their ways, one to his farm, another to his merchandise. Notice they are not guilty of any great sins. Working on one's farm or selling one's merchandise are not bad things. However, they willfully rejected the invitation of the king to come to the wedding feast. 
Luke's account in Luke 14 is similar, but with added detail. Keep in mind that the following who received the invitation were a kind of VIP list. This, of course, could be an allusion to the chosen of Israel who rejected Christ. They felt obligated to offer excuses why they couldn't come. Then said he unto him, A certain man made a great supper, and bade many, and sent his servant at supper time to say to them that were bidden, Come, for all things are now ready. And they all with one consent began to make excuse. The first said unto him, I have bought a piece of ground, and I must needs go and see it. I pray thee, have me excused. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I go to prove them. I pray thee, have me excused. And another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. The first who were invited simply refused to come. They gave no excuse. The second also refused, but acknowledged the invitation and offered excuses. In the world's view, the excuses were legitimate. One tended to his farm. One tended to his merchandise. One purchased a new piece of ground. One purchased five yoke of oxen. One just got married. None of those reasons are evil. But they all made light of the invitation and refused to attend the wedding. In other words, they allowed the cares of the world to come first. Remember the one who invited them was a king, a very benevolent king, for a king's invitation is a command. They show dishonor to the king. No sin is committed, yet through their agency, they denied themselves the highest kingdom of heaven. They put their will before the will of God. They were not valiant. Christ said, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. All these things refer to the farm, the merchandise, the estate, the automobile, the marriage, etc. The Lord said, If any man come to me and hate not his father and mother, and wife, and children, and brethren, and sisters, yea, and his own life also. He cannot be my disciple. And whosoever doth not bear his cross, and come after me, cannot be my disciple. Those in group two have not done anything to deserve suffering in hell. But they were not valiant for Christ. Therefore, they were not qualified for the celestial kingdom. They refuse to attend the marriage supper of the Lamb. However, because they are not guilty of great crimes, they are relegated to the terrestrial kingdom, which is compared to the glory of the moon. In a way, they are like those in the church of the Laodiceans, as spoken of in Revelation 3. So then, because thou art lukewarm, and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth, because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods, and have need of nothing, and knowest not that thou art wretched, and miserable, and poor, and blind, and naked? I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich, and white raiment, that thou mayest be clothed, and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear, and anoint thine eye with salve that thou mayest see. A clear dichotomy is made between those who inherit the celestial kingdom 
and those who inherit the terrestrial kingdom in the parable of the ten virgins, which also deals with the marriage supper of the Lamb. Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were wise, and five were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh, go ye out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps, and the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, saying, Not so, lest there be not enough for us and you. But go ye rather to them that sell, and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. Afterward came also the other virgins, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Watch therefore, for ye know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. Only those who were wise were allowed to partake of the wedding feast. What were their qualifications? The wise took extra oil in their vessels with their lamps. In other words, not only did they take lamps full of oil, but they also carried a reserve of oil in case the Lord delayed his coming. They endured to the end. Perseverance is a qualification for entering the celestial kingdom. The ten foolish virgins were less valiant. Clearly, they are very good people. They began with full lamps but they did not have extra oil. In other words, they didn't stay the course. They are candidates for the terrestrial kingdom. The Lord is angry because those on the first list refuse to come. Therefore, he sends the same invitation to everyone indiscriminately. In Luke 14, we are told, So that servant came and showed his Lord these things. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city, and bring in hither the poor and the maimed, and the halt and the blind. And the servant said, Lord, it is done as thou hast commanded, and yet there is room. And the Lord said unto the servant, Go out into the highways and hedges, and compel them to come in, that my house may be filled. For I say unto you, that none of those men which were bidden shall taste of my supper. But standards of judgment are imposed. In Mark 16, Christ charges his disciples. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world, and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. Though all are invited, a final judgment must be made and among those invited, only those who meet the standards will be allowed into the feast. The standards of judgment are all the commandments of God. Christ does not require perfection, but he does require us to strive to obey the laws we know. Those who are not allowed into the feast will be assigned a lesser kingdom. 
The least group, or group one, those who inherit a kingdom of glory compared to the stars, are actually a little more complicated. The first two groups come forth in the first resurrection, for they were very good people, and their sins were covered by the atonement. The third group were not worthy to come forth in the first resurrection. They first had to suffer in hell before they were assigned a kingdom of glory. In fact, in Revelation 20, John speaks of them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life, and the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged, every man according to their works and death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. This is a very strange scripture, for it says that death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged every man according to their works, and death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. What happens to those who are released from hell after paying the price for sins they refuse to repent of on earth? Are they sent back to hell to suffer for their sins twice? They have satisfied the law of justice, therefore the law of justice wouldn't allow it. However, their resurrection does not come until after they have paid for their sins in hell. Christ said, Verily I say unto thee, Thou shalt by no means come out till thou hast paid the uttermost farthing. Their stay in hell delayed their resurrection. In fact, they are the last to be resurrected. The judgment follows the resurrection. Hell precedes the resurrection. The righteous are resurrected first. But these are people who are not sons of perdition, who are not consigned to live with Satan forever. Once they have paid fully for their sins, they inherit a kingdom of glory compared to the stars. The atonement of Christ is not an either-or proposition. People are not equally good or equally evil. The atonement of Christ is vast. He does not want anyone to go to hell. However, if they did not accept the atonement of Christ, he has no choice. The law of justice demands that they pay for their own sins. It is logical to assume that once their debt is paid, however, Christ, who had the keys to death and hell, will let them out as soon as the law of justice allows it. But where do they go then? They are not candidates either for the celestial or the terrestrial kingdoms. Those candidates came forth in the first resurrection. However, they must be rewarded for the good works they did do and the laws they did obey. Therefore, they will inherit a kingdom compared to the glory of the stars. Notice the variety of mansions in the lowest kingdom. Paul said, For one star differeth from another star in glory so also is the resurrection of the dead. That is in greater harmony with the mercy of Christ. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. A just God does not offer either heaven or hell. Christ said, In my Father's house are many mansions. Three degrees of glory are more in harmony with the compassionate Christ of the Sermon on the Mount. We are not sinners in the hands of an angry God. We are sinners in the hands of a merciful God. In Matthew 22, we learn why some must first suffer for their sins in hell. 
And the remnant took his servants and entreated them spitefully and slew them. But when the king heard thereof, he was wroth, and he sent forth his armies and destroyed those murderers and burned up their city. In Revelation, John addresses the same subject. Revelation 19.2 For true and righteous are his judgments, for he hath judged the great whore, which did corrupt the earth with her fornication, and hath avenged the blood of his servants at her hand. Revelation 21.8 But the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and murders and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Notice John said, They shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, meaning they don't all suffer the same punishment, either in intensity or in length. They suffer only for the sins they committed. That is their part. Once they have paid for their sins in full, they are released from hell. Also, in Matthew 22, in the parable of the wedding guests, we learn, And when the king came in to see the guests, he saw there a man which had not on a wedding garment. And he saith unto him, Friend, how camest thou in hither, not having a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Then said the king to the servants, Bind him hand and foot, and take him away, and cast him into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth, for many are called, but few are chosen. However, after they are released from hell, where do they go? There is only one heaven left, the kingdom compared to the glory of the stars. As mentioned, it is also as innumerable as the stars, meaning that even those who had to suffer in hell will, after paying for their sins, be relegated to a kingdom of glory comparable to the laws they did live. People simply are not equally good or equally evil. A one heaven that fits all who are good and a one hell that fits all people who are evil are not compatible with the tender mercies of Christ, nor with the justice of God. The law of justice must first be satisfied before they enter a kingdom of glory. Everything Christ did for us was to save us, not to condemn us. How can a merciful God reward anyone with the same heaven or condemn everyone to the same hell and still be merciful and just? The answer is that he cannot. The idea of one heaven and one hell is inconsistent with the parables of the kingdom of heaven and inconsistent with the law of justice and the law of mercy and inconsistent with the teachings of the New Testament. Would a merciful God condemn someone to remain in hell forever simply because he put his marriage before the marriage supper of the Lamb? Would they suffer the same fate as a murderer? It is inconceivable. The same with those who are merely guilty of putting their own affairs first. They don't have to suffer in hell, but they don't have a mansion in the celestial kingdom either. A thief should not suffer the same fate as a murderer. On the other hand, those who died in their sins must answer to the law of justice before they can be redeemed, but they will eventually be redeemed, and their glory will be like that of the stars. No one will enter any degree of glory until they are fully purged of their sins. Though all three kingdoms are kingdoms of glory, 
the differences are vast, just as the sun is brighter than the moon, and the moon is brighter than the stars. Light and glory refer to light, truth, knowledge, and power. Only those in the celestial kingdom will be like Christ, shining brighter than the sun at noonday. Those in the lowest kingdom, though their glory will be vast, will never see Christ or God again. That is what damnation means. Their eternal progression is forever limited to the boundaries of the set of laws that govern their kingdom, which is compatible to the laws they lived on earth. Thank you for listening. Watch for our next podcast.